If you've been on I-4 anytime since 1979, you've probably seen a gigantic church building with a prominently displayed sign that just says, Mary, Queen of the Universe. This sign marks a basilica that was built for the sole purpose of giving Roman Catholics a place for Mass while visiting Disney World. And it sees more than 30 million visitors every year. But at the time I was traveling Florida for work, all I knew about it was the sign, which I found quite perplexing. Every time I passed this sign, I would start pondering. I mean, that's a weird name for Mary. I wonder where that comes from. I've certainly never heard it before. I can't think of where it would have come from in the Bible. That's not really how I think of her. The truth is most of us in this tradition are more comfortable thinking about Mary as meek and mild, the teenage girl who had an incredibly hard job thrust upon her. We like the idea of gentle Mary, dressed in blue, being taken care of by an older man who God clearly left in charge. We like the Mary we sing about in Mary Did You Know, the one who may not know that her son would be so great. Mary seems accessible. She seems earthly. She seems weak. But Mary is not some demure child. Mary is a warrior in the greatest holy battle. Mary is setting into place the motions necessary for the salvation of the world. Mary is a prophet, really the greatest prophet of the Lord. Now, I don't say this lightly. There are certain things that make a prophet a prophet. And Mary checks every box. First, prophets are given the word of God to give to the world. Most prophets we see do it by proclamation or even object lessons. But Mary is the mother of God, the Theotokos, the bearer of the incarnate word, the Logos of God. She literally brings the word of God forth to the world in a way we still have trouble comprehending. So we can play a big check in that box. Second, once a prophet becomes aware that God is calling them to be a prophet, they normally try to resist. If you read the stories or traditions of the Old Testament prophets, they don't tend to end well. No one likes to be told they're sinful or going the wrong direction or that they might be smited. So many prophets reach violent and untimely ends. As such, prophets typically try to find a way to tell God no. And for most of the prophets we hear about, no doesn't end up working with God. All of the prophets we hear about did eventually say yes and do the will of God. Mary was no exception. When Gabriel greeted her, she was perplexed. When Gabriel told her she as a virgin would bear a son, she definitely had some questions. But as Luke tells it, she fairly quickly consented to being the God-bearer. Mary, though resistant at first, assents to God's will. Check. The third thing all prophets do is speak truth to power. This morning we see Mary starting to live into her role as prophetess with the Magnificat. Echoing the song of Hannah, Mary proclaims the greatness of the Lord and then talks about all of the impossible things God is making possible. She talks about how God is turning our earthly world on its head, how the proud, the rich, the mighty will be brought low, and how the weak, the lowly, the hungry will be exalted. She talks about God's mercy and the fulfillment of his promise to Israel. Months later, Mary will have a child that will spend his entire ministry challenging the world and its power structures. 
He will continue the work his mom started. Mary doesn't just speak truth to power. Mary births truth to power. Big check. Fourth, prophets normally pull some weird stunt. Hosea married a prostitute. Isaiah walked around naked and barefoot for three years. Jonah got eaten by a whale. But no one can compete with Mary, who as a virgin gives birth to the Son of God. Check. Finally, prophets are called to a specific task at a specific time. Prophets are not called to prophesy over here and over there or when they feel strongly about an issue. Oftentimes it appears the prophets aren't even 100% what the words that are coming out of their mouth mean. They're called to a specific region or a specific people, some of which they'd rather see burn, much like Jonah and Nineveh. Mary was called to be a prophet at a specific time with a specific action. But here's where she differs from the prophets of old. Mary is called to bring the word forward forward for the benefit of all the world, even if she doesn't know it yet. Her impact will be huge, but her mission is specific. So we're going to give her a check mark in this box as well. Mary, the Mary we've been told is meek and mild, is a messenger of the Lord. She is literally bringing the word of God to the people. Mary is called, and she has answered yes. When I was in discernment for the priesthood, I joked I was going to get a half-sleeve tattoo of Mary Magdalene on my arm. Mary Magdalene was the first evangelist, telling the disciples the Lord had risen. A woman who had been healed of demons by Jesus, she was smeared either maliciously or unintentionally by the church as being a prostitute. And let's just face it, Mary Magdalene always seemed edgier or more dangerous than most of the other women in the Bible. But as I've gotten further into my priesthood, my tattoo idea has changed into one of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was not just the birth mother of our Lord. Mary was the woman called to love the Son of God first. She was the woman called to years of dirty diapers and late-night feedings and to warm snuggles from God incarnate. She was called to teach him his first words, to put him in time out when he threw tantrums, to love him through those difficult teenage years. She was called to watch him leave the house with 12 strange men, to hear the gossip the women at the well would whisper about her crazy son, to be at the foot of the cross when her son took his last breath, and to weep over his broken body when he died. And Mary had the strength, the courage, and the faith to say yes to it all. Mary was an ordinary woman called to do extraordinary things. And she said yes. Coming from a former Roman Catholic family, I always thought the Marian worship stuff was weird, such as naming a shrine Mary, Queen of the Universe. I didn't understand why people would pray to Mary statues when Jesus is always there to listen to our prayers. I couldn't comprehend why the immaculate conception of Mary, meaning that she was conceived without sin, was important. And I still have more than a few choice thoughts on the perpetual virginity of Mary. And while I think some of the Roman Catholic theology around Mary is interesting, I'm also impressed by their reverence for the Blessed Mother. Our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters get it. Mary started off as an ordinary Jewish girl, but that is not where she ended up. 
Mary was not just a woman passing into the nameless void of history. Mary is the queen mother, the mother of the king who is crowned in heaven. She is the woman we read about in Revelation 12, clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Mary is the queen of the universe, but not because she was born into the role. No, Mary is the queen of the universe because when the angel Gabriel came to her and told her God's plan, Mary said yes. But Mary was not the only one called to do this work. Meister Eckert said back in the 13th century, we are all called to be mothers of God, for God is always waiting to be born. Now that doesn't mean that all of us are waiting for an angel of the Lord to appear to us. But it does mean that we look for ways every day to make God manifest in this world. We testify to the impossible things that God has made possible. We proclaim the greatness of the Lord. And like Mary, Queen of the Universe, we rejoice in God our Savior.